Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast, episode number 171, which is our annual New Year's holiday special. This is one of my favorite episodes to do every year because it's a chance to look back at the previous year in DJing and the industry and in Passionate DJ and kind of look at, reflect back on what we did and where we're going. And so it's always nice to kind of look back so that we know how to look forward and uh, just kind of see what we've been up to and uh, remember all that. So I'm glad that you're here to join us. And I just want to get started today with a few little interesting bits of information about this year in Passionate DJ. Um, We're going to do what we always do for our New Year's episode, which is to check in with friends of the show and kind of see how they're doing and what they're up to. And we always like to check back in with a bunch of guests for our New Year special. So we're definitely going to do that. And uh, then we'll play some clips from the previous year. And so I want to go ahead and just uh, give a couple little interesting bits of information about this year in Passionate DJ. So we have the top 10 most downloaded episodes for this year. Uh, Top of the list was episode 108. That's choosing a new DJ controller. Uh, the fall of 2017 edition. That one's kind of an anomaly because the reason that one's so high is because that's a very popular article on PassionateDJ.com and it's embedded there at the top of that article. So it's not artificially inflated, but it's uh, definitely higher than others on the list that are, you know, kind of change over time. So the next on the list is episode 153. Now that was Golden Nuggets. That was the industry insight from DJs over 50. Then we move on to number three, episode 130. That was the return of bad DJ gigs. You guys really liked that episode, and uh, I was glad to hear it because that's definitely one of our favorite uh, episodes to do. I would love to come back with a third bad DJ gigs episode. Then we have episode 135 where we talked about DJ etiquette. Then we have... 131, which was one of our pick three episodes, that was the dance classics version where we brought in our friend Firecat451 and we talked about classic dance tracks. Next on the list is episode 128, State of the Music Industry. Then 143, How to Get More DJ Gigs. 127, Mashing It Up with DJ Second Nature. A lot of you guys really like that episode. We'll come back to that one. Uh, Episode 152 was the do's and don'ts of mobile DJing, and the number 10 on the list was episode 132, Love of the House Party. Now, we can also talk about the different countries. You know, Passionate DJ podcast is consumed all over the world, so I always like to take a little look back and see what the geography looks like. Now, as you might predict, you know, we're based in the U.S., and most of our listenership is in the U.S., about... 55% is in the U.S. And then the next on the list is the U.K., then Canada, Australia, Germany, Netherlands, New Zealand, Spain, Sweden, and then the rest falls under other countries. And the other category is uh, about 13%. So about 56% United States, and then 13% is other. And, of course, the rest of the percentage fits into those countries that I just named off for you. Uh, We covered a lot of different types of episodes this year, which was kind of exciting. I really was happy with the breadth of content. Uh, So I just want to kind of talk a little bit about that. You know, we did a lot of industry and hardware-related stuff, such as uh, number 128 was State of the Music Industry, number 140 was Hot Stories, 
Uh, number four, 147 was uh, Summer Hardware and Industry. And then in number 150, which was Trouble in EDM Paradise, uh, we talked about all kinds of issues in the industry at large and the scene in general. So we talked about things like Fire Festival, uh, a lawsuit against the Orlando police for the Pulse nightclub shooting, the raiding of the Fender, Yamaha, Casio, Roland, and Korg offices due to uh, suggested breaches of competition law, you know, the tragic ghost ship fire, and other sort of lawsuits and litigation and just different legal issues in the EDM industry. Then in 153, we talked about Golden Nuggets. That was the uh, advice from DJs Over 50. 155 was Wherefore Art Thou Tractor, where we talked about uh, what was going on in the tractor space. Obviously, this was a big year for Native Instruments in the DJ world. And then number 162 was New Software Updates for DJs. We also covered a lot of informational and sort of how-to topics, such as Sharing the Booth. That was episode 129. Uh, and 135, we talked about DJ etiquette. 136 was making longtime fans. Uh, number 137, adventures and networking. That's where Tony and I talked ab about uh, seeing stuff, but it was kind of informational and how-to. It was uh, sort of in between there. Uh, number 144 was the Belleville 3, and that's where we talked about the origins of Detroit techno and played some of that early music. 149 was 20 small wins for DJs. 152 was the do's and don'ts of mobile DJing. And then 164 was the 10 traits of unique DJs. Also had lots of great guests this year on the podcast. Right out of the gate, number 127, like we said earlier, we had DJ Second Nature. Then for 130 and 131, we introduced you to Firecat451, who is a DJ, producer, MC, and all-around nice guy. Then we had Matt Freeman here for episodes 133 and 165, and he talked about Acid House uh, in the first episode, Acid House, Acid Techno, and that sort of sound. And then we talked about The Asylum, which was a nightclub here in the Midwest that was uh, sort of a local legend. Then in episode 134, we had uh, Trap and EDM and Festival Heavy Hitter Crane, which was a lot of fun. Then we introduced you to Crystal Grid in episodes 141, and then they came back later in 161. Uh, those guys are doing a lot of great stuff, and we're definitely going to keep up with them in the coming year. Uh, number 159, we brought our friend Marcus here, and that was the Jaded-ish episode. It's where we talked about uh, kind of falling out of love with uh, certain parts of the scene. 160 was uh, John Becker of Fresh Local Producers. Number 166 was my friend Kim L. That was the Hometown Hustle episode. And then most recently we had, uh, in 167, Brian Savage for the Well-Rounded DJs episode. And of course we checked in with our ambassadors a bunch uh, throughout the year as well. And we are going to be actually playing some clips here, uh, some little, uh, I guess, mini interviews with our uh, some of our ambassadors here uh, as some of the friends that we're checking in with. Now, another big thing that we did this year was we started the Passionate DJ Community Group on Facebook, and that has been very successful. Not only has it grown very quickly, but it's also been very engaged, and that's been really exciting to watch. So every day when I log in there, there's some new question or some new thing being shared in there 
that's just really interesting to watch and it's really fun to really feel that sense of community come together for Passionate DJ in a way that kind of previously didn't exist in the same way. You know, we still had people talking to us and contacting us through voicemail and email and Facebook, but we didn't really have this like conversation happening amongst you guys separately from us. And so that's been really fun to watch and uh, really helpful. In fact, we uh, used that as a source for some of our content as well, uh, such as episode 148 was Community Struggles. Episode 154 was Community Wishing Well. 157, we talked about beat matching and real DJing, but we kind of reached out to you in the community and asked your, your thoughts on that. And then we had 158, which was Stream of Consciousness. And then, you know, we did a bunch of just for fun stuff. We had, uh, of course, Bad DJ Gigs, Return of Bad DJ Gigs and 130. Uh, 131 was a pick three dance classics, and then for 142, we had pick three back in the day. Uh, 145, we did the 10 years ago episode for 2018. Now, those are really cool, and this is something I'm excited about because it's about to be 2019, so I get to do, do another version of that. We did a 2017, or a, a, excuse me, a 2007 one and a 2008 one, and so here pretty soon we get to look back at 2009 and see what was topping the charts, what was on Beatport, all that kind of fun stuff. Then for 151, we had a very scratchy 80s. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we did a spotlight on Paul Oakenfold for 156. And then 163 is a personal favorite of mine, and that was 8-Bit Upbringing. And that was where I introduced you to my dad. And we did a way different kind of quirky off-the-wall episode, which wasn't here at the booth, but was rather over at my pile of vintage consoles, video game consoles. And we talked about the Commodore 64 and the SID chip, and we just kind of nerded out and hung out, and that episode was really special to me because it gave me an excuse to bring my dad on and uh, have him kind of share in this thing that I do. And so I think for our clips today, I would like to start with a clip from 8-Bit Upbringing. We, we basically touched base on everything I did to, to make these tapes, <laughs> which, uh, you know, it's like run patch cord, Y cord, back and forth and you know it, it really got intricate in some cases you know it's like i i made uh let's see yeah the rca to the y cord to the phono jack to the phono jack of the other one to the y cord to the tv to <laughs> then you had to try to counteract all the noise you yeah. were adding to the system by doing that yep and, yep so then you like do i use the dolby noise filter or do i not use the dolby noise filter <laughs> Which, which fortunately the the tape player had. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was surprised the the quality of the the recordings that I made on the tape still stand up, and it's like, you know, I, I tried recording them on that Audacity, but the 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 sad thing is the little cassette uh, thing that I tried to use mm -hmm. absolutely made an awful humming noise, and it was oh, awful. So yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. Those are the best recordings that there are of it on that tape. <laughs> okay, um, R type. This is one I added on. I couldn't get. I couldn't do this episode without doing R type. There are so many different levels to R type, though. Each yes. one had a, a, a <clears throat> sequence of a different song, depending, on, and it's all like high energy action. Oh my god! Oh my god! All action. It's high paced, and you better be ready for it. And the, there was music to fit. Super fun game, but just brutal, just like all 80s games, you know. It was a side-scrolling 
Um, shoot them up. Yeah, shmup, as they call them. Shoot them up. So you were a little ship, and you would scroll along space. and Also you looking for power-ups that would yes. allow you to, to fire different types of guns and things to yeah. try to survive your enemy. And this is a game that probably some of our audience <laughs> is familiar with, because it, it exists in a million different forms. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't exclusive to the Commodore. I think there was even a Super Nintendo. There's a Super mm-hmm. R-Type and and stuff. But once again, the, the mu- music was unique to uh, this version. And um, I'll just skim through a couple different tracks. This is one I could play the whole soundtrack to, but... Yeah, well, it's literally probably at least another 20-something minutes. Yeah, it's like a full (coughs) album, um, which you didn't get a whole lot in games back then. Like, it's very... And again, one of those... That's another one that I'd actually had to play through and try to get all the different... (laughs) That amazes me, because that game was just... Yeah. but uh, Not easy on you. Yeah, but unfortunately, uh, yeah... There were, you had to have some sound effects to it. And it's like, I tried to actually make it match. (laughs) (laughs) So that you wouldn't notice the sound effects. (laughs) But, you know, you had to, you had to fire or or you'd die. (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. This was Chris Hulesbeck, another uh, common name. see your uh, arcade action over there. <laughs> yeah, and you're literally pressing the button like this and trying to to go back and forth and <laughs> pretty frightening. Here's the other boss. Yeah. This is where I had to fire to keep to this survive. Was yeah, this is where <laughs> I had to fire to survive the, the level so I could keep the music. <laughs> it's like, da 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 da. And I go, pew pew Nice. So you were literally, see, you were even sampling on top of your tracks. You were a DJ. was a year for a lot of firsts and changes for the Passionate DJ. You know, we started recording here in what I've been calling Passionate DJ Studios. Uh, we had previously been recording at my house, at Tripp's house, at Tony's house. We, we were all over the place. And uh, it's a little more consistently in here now. And part of the reason of that for that is because this is sort of our YouTube studio. And we have moved on to doing video content. Now, it wasn't something that we officially announced we were doing because we weren't sure if we were ready to actually move from audio to video. There's a lot of caveats with that. Um, But we decided to go ahead and just start doing it and see if we could keep up. 
And uh, now we do all video episodes, so you should definitely check out our YouTube channel if you're not already doing that at youtube.com slash passionate DJ. Uh, really enjoyed doing that. It's brought a visual element to it. It's kind of given us another channel to distribute the podcast, and uh, it's a lot, been a lot of fun. So we're really enjoying doing that. Uh, we got our first sponsors this year. We did our first giveaway this year. Uh, of course, we started the Passionate DJ community group there on Facebook, and then we started After Party, which is our bonus show, which is available to patrons at patreon.com slash passionate DJ. Now, that's been a lot of fun because it's kind of given us a reason to record side conversations and extra bonus stuff, um, and to also not feel too bad about cutting bits out to fit you know a certain time format for the main podcast. We still get to use that stuff that you guys would probably like uh, and put it in another show. And so After Party's been a great outlet for that. And so uh, definitely check us out there if you're not already. Okay, so we have several guests to check in with this year, as we always do on the New Year's episode. So I'm going to go ahead and start with a very longtime friend and guest on the show, Kilma. Now, Kilma's been around since basically the podcast has started. She's also a content creator in the DJ space, and so sometimes we trade notes or try to work together to kind of do this thing together. We're kind of a rising tide lifts all boats kind of situation, just like we preach about DJing and about the artist stuff. And so I wanted to do what we always do and check in with Kilma and see how she's doing and what she's up to. So here's the conversation. Hey. Hey, Kilma, what's up, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm awesome. So I know we're squeezing this in at the last minute, so thanks so much for joining me today. Of course. We always check in with you for New Year's, so I didn't want it to go by without uh, giving you a call. So I would love to know what you've been up to uh, most recently. I know you've been doing all kinds of great content creation stuff. I'd love to know what you've been doing as a DJ and just what's going on in your life. Awesome. Uh, well, I have started a podcast for Cybergroove Artist Management. It's going to be featuring amazing music from people from the roster and people that are not on the roster. So that has been really fun because uh, like a lot of my content, I have to build it months in advance. I hear that. Yeah. What so- about... T- Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Are you still doing uh, video interviews for uh, DJ News TV as well? Yes. So last year we started up the DJ Spotlight and I end this year doing 25 videos, 25 interviews with amazing producers, DJs, and label owners from uh, the UK to the US and Canada, hoping to uh, broaden that, of course. And then also... I did 52 episodes of the Ask Kilma series where people would send in their questions and I would answer them. So that's pretty, lots of, lots of recording, lots of editing, lots of prep. <laughs> it's been pretty cool to be able to say, I did it every single week. <laughs> this content creation game is tougher than it looks, isn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness. And it's only like 10% of the work <laughs> that you see, right? You that's just right. Five minute clip and so much prep and promotion going on after that takes a lot of hustle so how was your holidays oh my holidays (laughs) (laughs) uh you know what they were really wonderful uh i am a big believer that we choose our family it does not have to be blood 
So we had an amazing group of people over uh, on the 23rd for all the dinner and games and shindigs. We had lots of little ones running around entertaining us. And then on Christmas Eve, we actually did our present opening with the little guy. So that was a lot of fun. So that's great. So you've had this whole year of trying to do all this content creation and do the DJ thing and create these videos and all this stuff with your little one, Maddox. How has that gone for you now that you've got this whole year of doing all this hustle and also trying to be a mom? How do you manage? Oh, that is a great question because people keep telling me as they get older, it it gets easier, but it has only gotten harder. (laughs) So I would say uh, the best way I've managed it has probably been lots of prep. Uh, I have tasks that I can do when I'm with him. I have tasks I can do when he's gone. I have tasks I can do when he's on the other side of the room. And then I book time uh, to get these things accomplished. And I do it ahead of time, which I think is really important because there's so many different unexpected things that can happen in our life. If we wait last minute to do something, chances are something's going to go wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. Project. So I have found that the farther in advance uh, I can get my work prepped and ready to go, the more efficient I am with my time and the less stress I feel because everything's just good to go far enough in advance. That's great. I wonder if you could uh, tell me, Kilma, what your, you know, this is our New Year's episode, so we always kind of reflect back on the past year, uh, you know, both for Passionate DJ and just kind of in the industry in general and personally. And so I I wonder if you've learned any lessons this year or do you do the the New Year's resolution thing? Um, What have you learned from this year that you're going to take into 2019? This year has taught me the importance of mindfulness. Uh, I feel more confident and comfortable with myself now than ever before, which is so fantastic to just see that growth throughout the years, how I don't allow things to affect me like I would have years before. And I feel like mindfulness is really important. I think I'm learning to do that more because I have a tiny human and they're only you know, this age for so long. So I feel like it's important to not only be mindful of the experience with our family and be present and, you know, just maybe detach from social media a little bit more, uh, but to be mindful about what's going on uh, when I'm performing or when I'm recording a mix or when I find myself feeling really stuck. I feel like, in the new year, I'm, I want to learn more about uh, myself, about just being more in the moment. Actually, one of my friends knows this, and she bought me this really amazing uh, meditation book to practice that I'm super stoked to do with like really easy activities to do daily. So that's going to be uh, my, I guess, more of my self-help personal sure. goals. And then... Uh, more time on music. I spent a lot of time making music this year. Good. But I feel like I I want to take a break from doing so many DJ gigs and just really focus on uh, creating a library of music so I can have things more regularly coming out. 
I like that. Uh, that that's pretty great. So you've, you've had a pretty successful year as far as gigs go, you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I You're ready like- to do some creation. <laughs> ready for the creation. I've awesome. done the longest DJ gigs of my life <laughs> this year, so I'm ready. <laughs> ready for the break. That's cool. Well, I've been kind of asking everybody not only what their struggles are, but kind of what their strengths or what their superpowers are. Uh, what are you good at, Kilma? What have you learned about yourself either this year or, you know, just over time that you know that this is my thing, this is what I'm good at, this is my superpower? I am really good at uh, breaking down situations really quickly. So, you know, some people get really stuck in drama, they get stuck in uh, conflict, and I feel like I'm, that's my superpower. I can just be like, all right. This isn't the best time to deal with this. Let's put a pause on it. Let's take a break. Let's do something else and then come back to it with a clear head. And I feel like I've gotten really good at let going of the outcome and just refocusing on something important. And I I still deal with whatever those situations are, but I don't on them like I used to. And I, I feel like it's, I think it's such an amazing uh, skill to have because I mean, we've all been brushing the dirt off the shoulder. Yeah. (laughs) Moving forward. Well, that's a really important skill to have, you know, not only as, as a DJ or producer or, you know, some, any kind of artist who's like putting their work out there, but also as a content creator and, you know, just as a general social media user, you know, it's, it's actually really, it's getting more and more important to have kind of a, a thick skin for a lot of that stuff and to be able to kind of do like you said and you know when when the drama or the tension or the stress starts happening sometimes you just have to stop take a step back look at the top view take a breather handle business and then come back to it. it's funny uh one of the passionate dj ambassadors that i talked to earlier had a similar sentiment to what you're saying so there's a bit of a theme going here is there anything else that you want to plug uh, as far as like uh, music and is it at Kilma at all the things or do they differ? Pretty much at Kilma music for Kilma everything. music. Yeah. Kilma music. Well, this has been a lot of fun to uh, kind of watch the progression here because, you know, you've been a long time fan of passionate DJ and you were kind of one of the first people you know, content creator types in the space that I'd started communicating with back in the early days. And we've you know, collaborated in little bits here and there over the years. And we've, I appreciate uh, you being around for that and for being a friend and for being a follower of Passionate DJ. And um, I wish you only the best in 2019. Thank you. And thank you for all that you all are doing because it is making such a huge impact on this industry. And it's so important that we have mentors like yourself out there. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'll let you go and get back to your uh, family stuff and uh, we'll see you next time. Let's do another episode soon, okay? Yeah, sounds good. All right, bye-bye. Take care. Always great to see what Kilma's up to and I look forward to hearing what kind of tracks she comes out with in 2019. Now I want to keep these conversations going, so I'm going to go ahead and move on to another longtime fan of the show. 
Ante, who's also known as Dubmaster Blue Bear. You may remember that name from uh, voicemails and other things that he's left in the past. I wanted to actually get him on the show and talk to him because he hadn't been on the, on the main show before and uh, kind of introduce him to the audience and uh, kind of get his impression of Passionate DJ. And uh, he's also a music producer, and so make sure you check out uh, all of his SoundCloud and all of the things. So uh, this is a conversation with Dubmaster Blue Bear. All right, we're here with another friend of the show, longtime listener and passionate DJ ambassador, Ante, also known as Dubmaster Blue Bear. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Yourself? I'm doing great. So this is, I, I don't want to say this is your first time on the show because I think you've submitted like audio clips and stuff before, but I think this is the first conversation we've had on the show. Uh, it is, yeah. I've, I sent uh, one or two voicemails uh, over the last... Uh, Last couple of years, I guess before episode 100, uh, before I I, yeah. did, I became a part of the ambassador group. Um, but uh, yeah, so never, I don't think we've ever, maybe did a video chat uh, as a group, but uh, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the first time, yeah. So that's awesome. So uh, maybe uh, introduce yourself to the audience and uh, can you tell us like what you like to do? All right. Well, uh, sure. Um I'll start out, uh, I won't make it too long, but I'll start out uh, back when I was 11, when I started, uh, when I got into music, uh, got for, I think it was Christmas or my birthday, my mom bought me a Beatles cassette, and uh, then I started to learn the guitar, and I got into music, and uh, got into electronic music, uh, I guess in my, um, yeah, in my teens, uh, when trance was... Uh, was kind of big. Uh, I, you know, I remember a buddy of mine and me would uh, drive around in his, um, in his car, listening to like ATB and, you know, things like that. Just, (laughs) um, and, um, so I, I, I can't really say I'm a DJ. Uh, I've been, um, kind of dabbling with messing around with DJing for the last couple of years. Sure. Um, I'm, I mainly, uh, well, I, I, I produce music, um, as a, as a hobby and something I've, uh, I've been doing that for, um, I guess since I was about 16 years old on and off mm-hmm. and, uh, a little bit more, a little bit more seriously for, um, since my kids were born. So I guess the last five years I've been, um, learning more and trying to get better at it. Um, and DJing sort of, um, for me, it's kind of part of it all a little bit and, sure. you know, thinking if I ever, you know, if one of my songs ever uh, becomes, you know, popular uh, and I have to go and play music in front of people, how would I do that? And I guess DJing was the natural, sure, natural answer there for me. I'm glad that you bring that up actually right off the bat, because I think that describes a lot of our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they're a lot of them are, are less inclined to, for instance, leave voicemails or, or something like that or interact on the show because they think, oh, well, I'm not like a full-time DJ or some kind of DJ hero, so who am I to participate in the show? And, I, and that frustrates me because I think there's a lot more uh, casual DJs or hobbyist DJs or however you would want to describe it that follow the show that probably feel like they don't have all those other people who they're feeling the same way, you know, so that that's pretty cool. You know, not everybody has to have that as their, their full-time career. I certainly don't. Yeah. So and, uh, cool that you still participate in such an, an intimate way with passionate DJ. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, well, I mean, part of that reason is, uh, it's, 
I mean, it, it's a, a really good podcast. I mean, personally, I think it's, it's well done. It's very interesting. And uh, I mean, you guys have also made it um, easy to interact with your audience as well. So, uh, but so, yeah, I would definitely fit the bill of somebody who, uh, who is more a hobbyist DJ. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I can beat match uh, manually and I've, I've, you know, learned the basics and I like to play around with it, but I've never played in front of, you know, anybody other than my kids, basically. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm glad that you brought up the guitar. I saw your uh, Marshall amp hiding there in the background. Do you still play? Oh, I, I do. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, not as much as I used to play. Uh, I mean, when I was 16, I was, uh, you know, I wanted to be the next Jimi Hendrix and I had my band in high school. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I got back into music uh, when the kids were born. Um, I was at home for a while and I was like, you know, this, this will maybe be nice for them. So I'd play, picked up the guitar again a bit and, uh, got into it that way. Yeah. That's uh, not too much, uh, unlike my own story with piano. You know, I, I played for 10 years as a kid and right about 16, 17, I, I actually kind of, I stopped taking lessons and, and focused on other things, but I've taken that energy and that knowledge and, and all that stuff, all that musical knowledge with me and used it in a lot of different areas such as DJing and production and, and stuff like that. So right. I've never felt like it was a waste, but at the same time, it's like when I look at my piano collecting dust, I'm like, ah, like I should be doing it more, you know? Yeah. I, I, I understand that completely. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's great. So um, how would you describe your, your current style as uh, a production or as a producer? I've heard a few of your tracks, but I haven't heard like a broad, you know, scope of your work. So what do you aim yeah. for? Uh, well, um, I, I like a lot of different styles and again, I haven't up updated my SoundCloud in a while. I should, uh, this might be a good excuse to, to do so, <laughs> but, um, um, again, like I mentioned earlier, I, I, I kind of like that, um, um, you know, nineties, late nineties, early two thousands trance. That was sort mm -hmm. of what I, I began with. And, um, but I'm, producing a, trying to do a bit of trap a bit of slower stuff um i'm in i like more melodic darker sounds i'm not into really the you know big room kind of stuff um, so are you leaning like a chill steppy kind of direction or is it yeah. more, more the trappy hip-hop feel um I, I i really personally i i love trap i like the beats um mm -hmm. i'm i'm i don't i can't say i'm a huge fan of the lyrics in rap uh, right now but i <laughs> musically though i i just i love it i think it's a really um i think i would concur with that yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong some you know rap artists are really have something interesting and intelligent to say um but that, that's just my opinion i can't say that of everybody sure. but um yeah so i like you know a lot of four on the floor stuff around uh, 120 beats per minute kind of thing um is usually how i start out a lot of my a lot of my songs um and i i do also like um I, you know in the name dub master blue bear i like uh dub so kind of like a instrumental reggae um and uh so i i like to put i i try to put a lot of reggae um elements in the stuff i do or okay not all of it but you know and i've got a few um like electronic reggae songs that I kind of I'm working on as well. So I, I try to, it's a bit of a melting pot of a lot of things. So that's the dub master side. Where does the blue yeah. come in? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, as, as um, we chatted before, um, 
on uh, Messenger and all that. And as you know, I play Dungeons and Dragons and I'm a bit nerdy in that uh, way. And uh, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the, uh, I think one of the, the characters I played in one of my first games was this sorcerer and he was this, I called him Blue Bear. I, I like bears. Okay. I like the color blue and it sounded kind of a little magical there. So uh, it's kind of kept that. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's, it's totally worked because um, one of the reasons that I know that even before you became an ambassador, that I knew that you were following us and, and paying attention to us was because I saw that name pop up on a, you know, a comment or one of the voicemails or something. And that's the kind of name that doesn't really leave your head. You know, it's once you hear yeah. Master Blue Bear, it's just there, which is perfect. So, yeah. yeah I mean, some days I'm like, it, it sounds kind of a bit funny. I don't know if it's, you know, but I, kind of stuck and I, I, I like it. So yeah, yeah, I like it. So do you happen to remember how you found Passionate DJ? I know we kind of opened the dialogue after after yeah. episode 100, which was our first live show. But uh, w- when did you kind of come into the fold and start following us? So I found Passionate DJ. I was um, so around the time I got so I got a, um, a mix track uh, Pro 3, the Newmark um, controller. Um, and I was, you know, messing around with DJing a bit. And started listening to some podcasts i i had been listening to like the um uh above and beyond uh the anjuna beats uh, yeah. podcaster for a while and was looking for other stuff to listen to and i was curious to see what other djs were putting up as mixes like for for podcasts and all that so i think i just really you know i just typed in something stupid like dj podcast and i would you know go through and see you know dj so-and-so podcast what genre he was playing and i download an episode but uh, I mean, you know, DJ podcast, your podcast came up and um, it was sort of, um, oh, my screen just locked here just a sec. No problem. I can still see you. So. <laughs> All right. Good. Sorry about that. It's all right. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll move my mouse as I talk. So yeah, I, um, I saw the podcast and realized it was uh, looking at the episode titles, uh, you know, kind of figured it was a, a talk show. And I said, well, it, you know, the subject's that you had uh, in the descriptions were kind of fit what I was um, mm-hmm. looking for as far as learning more about DJing and, and getting into that. So uh, I guess I downloaded a couple of episodes and uh, really enjoyed it, subscribed and been a, a listener ever since. It's so funny that you bring that up because that, that fact has been a blessing and a curse for the show that, you know, so I guess this is a little bonus SEO tip for anybody else who's running a show or has a website. You know, the fact that it says DJ podcast in the name really helps because of exactly what you described. Oh yeah, it was it was totally by chance, totally by chance. Yeah, yeah. It, but my whole worry for for years has been that that was going to work against us because uh, there are so many other DJ podcasts out there, but we're a talk show we're something different. We're not a mixed show. And I wasn't sure if it would be able to differentiate, but it's turned out that it's done. It's had the opposite effect as well. And it's introduced people to us. Such exactly. As, yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. So then after that, I just kind of learned to ignore that fact. I'm like, okay, it hurt. It hurts and helps me. So <laughs> yeah, it certainly helped in this case. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, um, I've been asking everybody, you know, what your greatest, uh, you know, struggle is with DJing, but if you want, you can, you know, present that as, as an artist in general, you know, as a producer or any, any way that you want to approach it, uh, anything that you want to bring up that's kind of a sticking point for you? Um, yeah. And I guess, I mean, this is maybe going to sound a little psycho, uh, um, analytical, but it's, it's more, uh, struggling with your own, uh, your own self doubt, I guess. 
And um, like for me, and I mean, I'm, I'm 34 now and uh, you know, I'm not, you know, a 16 year old producer who's like, you know, full of piss and vinegar and gung ho to take over the world, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, plus I've always been a shy person. And so for me, I think the biggest struggle uh, either with producing music or DJing is sort of presenting it to the people, putting it out there for people to listen to. Mm. Um, you know, I'm always like, oh, well, it's not, you know, maybe it's not that great. It's not that good. What if, you know, it, it'll never work. I'm not that good. Or, um, and I think it, it's... Um, Are you a perfectionist? Um, yes and no, uh, to a point. Uh, but I'm not, uh, I don't stick on really little details. Okay. Um, you know, like if I have a certain sound in my head, I want to, I want to put in a song, um, I'll get as close as I can without, you know, losing sleep over it. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, you know, being afraid of what are other people going to think of the music? What if, you know, mm-hmm. for me, that's the biggest thing and, and just getting it out there in front of people, you know, like my, I, you know, my wife, um, I make her listen to some of the songs sometimes. My little brother, who's super into this kind of music, um, I get feedback from him as well. But I just, you know, and I've got some stuff on SoundCloud, but it's hard. Um, plus, you know, with kids and uh, there's that classic excuse of not having, you know, a lot of time to promote yourself too. But I think it really, that's just an excuse. It really boils down to uh, just putting yourself out there and not being afraid of, yeah. of, uh, yeah, of doing that for sure. Uh, so how about the opposite question, Ante? Do you have like a particular strength or, or a trait that uh, you think kind of works to your benefit? Um, I, well, if, as far as, uh, I, I guess, yeah, as far as production and DJing goes, um, I think one of my strengths is, so when I, when I get into something, I really like uh, researching everything. Uh, learning as much as I can um, and kind of trying to, to, you know, perfect my, my technique and all that. So, um, and I think, you know, there's some people out there who will, <clears throat> pardon me, maybe start DJing or producing and just put stuff together until it sounds okay. And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm a producer. I'm a DJ. Yeah. For me, I'm like, that's not enough. I want to dig deeper. Uh, when I got into production more seriously, I, uh, you know, decide to, to get deeper into music theory and, you know, with DJing, you know, making sure I know how to beat match, um, but, you know, manually without the sync button just to get, uh, and I think um, um, that's maybe one of my strengths. I like when I dive into something, I, I like to learn as much as I can. And uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, uh, if you don't mind sharing, uh, where can the audience uh, listen to some of your work or if you want them to get in contact with you, if you want to share any uh, social media info or whatever you want to plug? All right. Well, it's it's pretty easy. Um, people won't find much right now. I, I mean, I'm all set up for, you know, Twitter and Facebook. Um, just, you know, Google uh, Facebook Dubmaster Bluebear. I have a page. doesn't have much on it, but uh, there are links to uh, my SoundCloud. Uh, Twitter, I think, is DM Bluebear. And on SoundCloud, uh, look for Dubmaster Bluebear. There's a DJ Bluebear, but that's not me. That's a okay. guy somewhere in the UK, I think. <laughs> Some faker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, people can uh, can look me up there. Again, this will this could be a good excuse for me to update some uh, some stuff. But uh, on SoundCloud, there 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 are some uh, some of the stuff, uh, some of the songs I've uh, I've produced. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the show and uh, sharing a few thoughts with our audience. Um, I really, you know, I've been telling everybody and I want to make sure that I, I express to you how much we appreciate uh, your guys' feedback and um, your thoughts and your, you know, willingness to promote the show and, and everything that you guys do for us. Um, I know that uh, you like to downplay it and the other guys do too, saying that we don't do anything or whatever, but it really is very valuable to us and, and you guys are uh, very humble about it, but uh, we find it very useful and we like hanging out with you guys in the chat and uh, we hope that that continues. So thank you so much for everything that you do for us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, David. It's, uh, it's, it's been a blast so far and uh, yeah, it, it, it'll keep on going from, uh, from my side at least as well. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we'll uh, be in touch soon, man. All right. No problem. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Take care. Now, this next clip is a conversation between me and Greg Lane, also known as G Money. Now, he came on for episode 164, which was 10 Traits of Unique DJs. And we also talked about his music podcast and what he's got going on. And uh, so without further ado, this is Greg Lane, also known as G Money. Welcome back, my friend. Greg Lane, back on the Passionate DJ Podcast once again. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing <laughs> good. <stay> here. <laughs> <laughs> so last time you were on the show, I was wearing that shirt. Now we've traded places. Yeah. Well, I feel like I should wear it. <laughs> so you were just recently on the show, so um, the, the audience has had kind of an introduction, but if you don't mind to kind of give the, the quick elevator pitch about who you are and what you do and what you like to do as a DJ. Uh, well, my name is Greg Lane. Uh, I go by the DJ name of uh, G Money, and uh, I run uh, a couple podcasts: uh, the Sound Underground podcast and uh, this is Acid podcast. Uh, I kind of keep both of them within the same website, and hopefully, one day it'll evolve into uh, actually releasing some music. <clears throat> and so, the the Sound Underground podcast is like a, a mostly guest rotation correct whereas uh, this is acid is usually more of your creative outlet yeah uh but i'm i've, I've actually lined up three new guests for the this is acid over the next three months and um, so because it's it's been getting to be a little bit too much sometimes to try to get all that like it's being niche the way it is it's just it, you can get so much and you, uh, you you try to you know i want to try to make it fresh every month and i feel like I, I might start getting a little bit repetitive so i'm starting to try to open it up a little bit more okay you know hear what more other people are doing and um it's uh i'm, I'm surprised how quickly people say yes <laughs> <laughs> so is is acid kind of that your your bread and butter or do you explore other sounds as a dj as well well, uh, I've always been big with the, the progressive house stuff, like what you call progressive house, uh, the early, uh, the late nineties, early, mm. now, uh, which I guess a lot of people would call tech house or techno nouns in a lot of, a lot of ways. Uh, but I love this for a lot within the, the, you know, even the breakbeat, uh, sounds, uh, four to four. Um, we just, me and my, uh, production buddy, uh, did Danny, we did, uh, the latest, uh, underground sound underground mix and we did all like kind of down tempo chill out and like kind of what we did we wanted a few more places to go but we didn't quite get to it so it's always fun trying to do you know different things that would stay within just a certain sound all the time are those both monthly shows yeah every two i release every two weeks just about okay one and then the other yeah okay cool uh so how has that worked out for you like as far as 
scheduling guests to be on your show because I, I know from experience that that doesn't always go as planned. I've, I've scheduled like six recordings today, so I know how tough that can be to align everything. Do you have trouble with that or do you have kind of enough lead time that that's not a big deal? I like to give at least two, three months. So, Oh, wow. Okay. Like I asked you, I think three months in advance. I, I, I want to be able to do that. But like some, some guys like this, this guy that's going to be on here this month for this is acid. I asked him like a week and a half ago and I was like, we could do like January, February, whatever. Cause you know, I was kind of like, I was getting behind a little bit and he says, uh, I'll have it for you. And he sent it to me like three days ago. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, and he just had a release on Afro acid. So his name is interflu. Wow. Interflu. And it's from, uh, he's from Europe. So that'll be next week. Now, I think I, I probably asked this when you were last on, but do you happen to remember how you discovered Passionate DJ and, and became a part of this? Yeah, so it was originally, it was the, the uh, I'm uh, still going to get a uh, reason to still how to beat match, 10 reasons. Oh, yeah, t- 10 reasons why you should still know how to beat match by ear. Yeah, we did talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, so you found us, the, like Dubmaster Blue Bear I just talked to a few minutes ago, um, found us through uh, Google searching around and and then kind of became a a fan of the podcast through that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you were also on episode 100, which was our first live show. And we kind of launched the ambassador program from there. And and here you are. And you've been uh, a very uh, interactive and vocal and helpful part of the show. And we really uh, appreciate all the interaction that you've, you've given us through our, uh, our little program that we've got going on. Yeah, it's been, it's been my privilege doing, I enjoy it a lot. So. Do you happen to have a, a favorite episode in the past year or, or overall? So right before we, we started this, I was kind of going through. And the first one was, I was popped in my head is like, I remember flying out to California. It was around June or so. And y'all, I like that pick three y'all did with Fahrenheit, uh, Firecat 4, 451. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. Then I also like Trips pick three. And then I'll just look right before you messaged me the, the link. Not, show 99 about, uh, man, what am I saying? Uh, yeah. Five mixes that a DJ should hear. I think I actually commented on that. Oh, actually. Yeah. And then so and then, but also I really like the uh, the one you did with uh, 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 what was the one you just did the with uh, Brian Savage. I really enjoyed that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's good to know that the so the five mixes one that's interesting to hear because I that was one of those like it took me a really long time to record it kind of episodes and I wasn't sure how well it was going to be received and it felt like it kind of fell flat. So for you to say that is, is kind of validating. <laughs> well, see the thing is like with that, like I used to work right for a music blog, uh, Danny deals music blog uh, a while, a few years back. Uh, and um, one of the things I know is hard is trying to like listen to the music with a critical ear in a different way than you normally listen to. Mm. So like trying to probably uh, talk about a mix and how it goes through and stuff like that. Try to, try to use good words for a description and stuff like that. It's hard. So I understand how it, how it goes when it comes to doing that. Um, do you have a particular struggle with your DJing that you'd uh, want to share with the audience? What, uh, what's your kind of sticking point? As far as the, the active DJing or doing it? <laughs> uh, however you want to approach it. I, I've been saying as an artist in general, what's your, what's your holdup? So that can be promotional. It can be technical, however you want to. Well, so one thing with me, like I like I said in the show originally, like the scene around here, it's really disheartening um, when it comes to certain things. Uh, you kind of lose your, you know, lose 
you lose hope a little bit sometimes, but uh, like, like shady people and stuff, or just just the, the non-existence of it. Oh, I see. Yeah, and and I actually I'm actually putting together a little thing for my birthday party in two weeks to just to do something fun to play some good music and everything like that. And but like uh, that's like scene wise, but like as far as DJ wise goes, to me, and it, it's it's it seems like there's always. It's like what 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 can you what can you do playing that that's going to set you apart from somebody that's doing the same type of mixing and playing the same type of music that you do, and I, I think that kind of alluded to that before, like how do you know playing different and stuff like that. And I went back and I go watch Chris Levine's video where she's just like try to, you know, make it less about playing just these couple songs back to back or something like that, and, and, and creating something with it. To me, it's all about like I was thinking about this earlier. It's all about trying to, you know you know, create atmosphere. Mm. And that's kind of, to me, what DJing is. And that's where I think, like, somebody like Don, John Digweed, people like that, they create that atmosphere. Oh, and sure. that's point of where you start and where you end up. Uh, so sort of the, uh, the opposite question then, uh, what, what would G-Money's superpower be? What's your strength? Uh, I, well, I think, you know, uh, this kind of popped up the other night. I was, me and Danny were doing the mix for the Sound Underground, and he got frustrated after one bad mix. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, I said, it's not that bad. I said, I understand, you know, and everything like he, and it, it, we did, you know, two hours and he kind of got frustrated for the point. He felt a little bit negative energy as far as that goes, but like we pushed through and we were able to work it through. And I think that that's one thing that I've learned, like doing like the, the Friday night, uh, the Friday night uh, fever series I did. And then also doing these and everything like that. It's just, I'm not, I, you, I, I I'm not worried about it more. When I go out and play local, I don't, I still get nervous. I don't get the shaky hands. I used to get used to shaking hands, but like now I think I've got to a point where I feel calm and I'm confident in that, that I'm capable of doing what needs to be done. You know, it's funny that with that gig nerves thing, like it's almost like being nervous about being nervous. Like once you get up there and it's like, okay, oops, I hit play on the wrong deck. (laughs) do it again and the music's playing you know what i mean it's like oops okay i looked like a jackass for five seconds but that's not what everybody's going to remember for the night you know and once you kind of get over that and you just kind of go into it a little more nonchalant i think it it really helps you know just with that having that confident presence walking in you know yeah and and that's like when we're recording the mix and he was concerned about that and he's like people are going i'm like look i said 99 percent uh has been um you know don't listen to the way we listen to it. They're not going to hear the error that you did that you know you made. Most people, yeah. even a lot of DJs might not even hear. I said, but, but I, I said, so you just got to kind of push through it and, and work through it and, and stuff like that. And a lot of people will get frustrated and they get what I call tape fright and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, Greg. Well, this has been great. Um, I hate to rush you off so quickly. Uh, we're just getting the conversation started, but uh, thank you for agreeing to come back so quickly after just being on the show. And, you know, you're one of those uh, people that's always immediately there ready to jump on uh, when we need some content or need some advice or some feedback. Um, we appreciate your uh, constant participation in this program. And uh, I wonder if you could maybe share a couple of URLs if people would like to check out your shows or anything else that you'd like to plug. So the, the sound underground.net, uh, that'll get you everywhere you need to go as far as Instagram, uh, SoundCloud, because they have a little bit different variation of sound because I wasn't the first one there. Uh, so 
if you just go to the soundunderground.net, you'll be able to get to Instagram, SoundCloud, Facebook. And you can listen to any mix you want there. You can download, get the playlist and everything like that also. And I was kind of hidden. I need to get worked on. Uh, the, there's a mail list that you can join there too. <laughs> cool. And if I can just add one more in there that, that might uh, kind of be a plug for both of us, you can get to my mix directly by going to passionatedj.com slash David S-U-G and it'll bring you right there. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. There so you, you were kind enough to ask me right. to do your anniversary show. So, Yeah, well, two years will be coming up here soon. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's probably about time, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, March. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. All right, Greg. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do. And we will talk to you soon, man. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a Merry Christmas. You too, buddy. All right. In that clip, Greg mentioned something about the beat matching article being what introduced him to Passionate DJ. Now, we did in the past year kind of revisit that topic under episode 157, which was beat matching and real DJing. And we reached out to the Facebook community and asked what your thoughts were on this. And so I'm going to play a quick clip from episode 157, beat matching and real DJing. Okay, so the first question that we posted in the group was, is manual beat matching... Uh, still an important skill in 2018, why or why not? And uh, as we always do when we ask questions similar to this, we got a lot of varied responses. Lando says, absolutely. Software can glitch. Tracks get misread, which happens a lot in Virtual DJ and Rekordbox. XDJs only read Rekordbox files, so tracks and Tractor take forever to analyze. You never know what gear they have at an after party. You have to beat match on older CDJs, and playing records is fun, especially when you can beat match. I've been DJing for 11 years and only learned how to beat match four years ago. It was a game changer. Selection is the most important part of DJing. If you can beat match easily, you can concentrate on what's most important. That's a great response. Um, first of all, let me uh, congratulate you for, uh, after DJing for what, seven years, deciding to learn a fundamental skill like beat matching instead of just holding to your guns and, and uh, saying, I don't need this or just being lazy. And you said, hey, this is something that I want to do. I think it's going to improve my DJing. And it sounds like it has. So great for you. That's awesome news. Um, yeah, software can glitch, tracks get misread, uh, yada, yada. You run into these kind of scenarios in a live environment all the time. And uh, the more confident you are in your very basic skill set, the less likely you are to panic in front of people, which is also something to consider uh, as a DJ. Zach Hill, also known as Tangled Branches, makes great music. You should check him out. He says, I think it's a very handy skill, and the practice involved with learning it is very good for your development as a DJ. Absolutely. And then finally, Ronan says, I think that my annoyance with the sync button, I've used it and will use it again, is that people today getting into the craft don't get to feel the months of aggravation standing there in the bedroom trying to lock two records together, putting time and effort into a craft. I also get the comment above of old school DJs and dirty mixing. There's an art to that too. I love a good old fashioned slam to another track, but it's got to be done right. I guess all in all, the reality isn't the method, it's playing music for the people. And my raver slash DJ self elitist will know if you're good or not, with or without a sync button. <laughs> now next up we have Tom Reed, who is a semi-local, he lives in Cincinnati, so he's about an hour from us, and uh, he's 
pretty active in our scene as well. So we see him, you know, as we do our DJ stuff and go to events and he's become very involved with Passionate DJ and he's going to be coming on the show at the beginning of the year very soon. But we hadn't once again had a proper introduction to Tom on the main show. Now, if you are a patron, you've heard him on After Party and other things. But uh, we wanted to get him on and talk a little bit about what he does and what he likes about Passionate DJ. So here's Tom Reed. All right. Well, I'm here with Tom Reed. Tom, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So this is not your first time on the podcast. You've been on in voicemail form and you were on a bonus episode, but we've never had a proper conversation. And this one's only going to be a few minutes long, but we are bringing you back soon to talk about Fresh List and all that. So I would love to give the audience a quick intro to who Tom Reed is and what he does and what you're involved with. So, you know, give us the basics. How long have you been DJing and uh, what are you into? So I've been playing since 1999. May 19th, I remember the exact date, uh, because that is when I bought some turntables for my friend Jason Brooks, Naughty Groove, which uh, your listeners will know from Trip mentioning yes. uh, on quite a few podcasts. Um, he's also Trip's mentor. So Jason taught me how to DJ 20 years ago. Um, at the time, I started out playing drum and bass, but then quickly transitioned into trance um, okay. in the 90s. And then early 2000s, I switched over to progressive house and then I've uh, made a few other changes over the years since then. I remember that you took a, a, a bit of a hiatus there in the middle, um, and then you came back to DJing later. Was there a uh, a stylistic change when you came back to DJing? Right. So in 2010, I had a child. Uh, so I decided to get out of the scene, focus on my son. Um, and then when he got to five years old, I figured, you know, he's old enough now. I can start going out again, doing things. Yeah. Um, so I got back into DJing. Um when I left DJing, it was a totally different industry. It was 2010. So, um, you know, we used Serato, CDJs, turntables were still very, very popular. Uh, when I came back, you know, you had trap music. Dubstep was super popular. Um, you know, it came out around in the States around 2007. Uh, so it wasn't too popular, but it wasn't like what it is now. Um, but stylistically, uh, I started searching for something that was kind of like house, but also like drum and bass. Okay. I really like the low end aspect of drum and bass. Um, and I think I found that. I, I like, you know, baseline driven music, which has become popular uh, during my hiatus. Great. So that's, uh, that's kind of worked into what you like to play now, sort of a bass heavy. Uh, is it mostly four to the floor? It is. Uh, I play techno, tech house, and uh, I, throw, I usually throw in some breaks tracks. Okay, great. So uh, this is our New Year's episode, and we always like to kind of reflect back on uh, the past year and, uh, and Passionate DJ in general. And uh, I'm curious if you remember how you actually found us. I know you're, you're semi-local. You're in an adjacent city to us, uh, Cincinnati. But uh, do you remember how you actually came across Passionate DJ? Yeah, geographically, we're 55 minutes away from each other. But um, I actually found out on Facebook on a post. It was in a, a community group. Um, okay kind of overlaps you know because we are so close um and then uh you know i started i started going up to mike's volume deep nights mm. and i ran into all you guys there and started yeah. sparking up conversations and then checked out the podcast and um at that point went back and listened to every episode i, I want to say you were at episode like maybe 
89 or something like that. So I had quite a few to go back and listen to. <laughs> that always amazes me when people tell me that, that they go back and listen to the, the whole back catalog. It's, I'm like, right. man, that's a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you're, when you're a traveling DJ, you know, like you regionally traveling, you know, there's a lot of driving involved. Sure. So, you know, I listened, I mean, I remember listening for 10 hours driving up to Grand Rapids and back. Wow. So that was 10 episodes there. So did that kind of help you get into a certain headspace and really be thinking about DJing and all that on the way? Or was it just more of an entertainment value kind of thing? It was entertainment value. Um, I always pick up, you know, you know, um, I always pick up pointers and tips and tricks from you guys, things I haven't thought about. Uh, that's one of the main reasons I listen to the podcast is getting your perspectives and Tony's perspective and Trip and Mo uh, and everybody else. That Plant. You know, so. You know, likewise, as, as a passionate DJ ambassador, you know, we, uh, the guys and I really appreciate your uh, feedback and insight and uh, patience with us as we are uh, figuring things out and sometimes don't get back to people quickly and all that. And, you know, we really value the, uh, the additional information and feedback and participation, uh, you know, that you guys bring to, to the show. So we're glad to have you on. And I, I wonder if, um, do you have maybe a favorite episode from the past year or ever? I know that's kind of a tough question for a lot of people. It is. And I think I always like to pick threes um, because it, it's, you know, especially when Trip gets in there, it's always nostalgic for me. Okay. Because he and I, uh, you know, we played the same kind of music for a long time. So yeah. uh, a lot of the stuff that he was into back in the day is stuff that I was into back in the day. Uh, it's always interesting to hear what Tony has because, you know, he predates me by you know, at least 10 years DJing. So he just throws out, you know, some sort of really old tracks or, you know, whatever. I'm glad you mentioned the pick threes. Those are uh, probably my favorites as well, but uh, we've been having a struggle with figuring out how to properly put those on YouTube. Now that we do that, and the content ID system likes to, to take those down. So right, we're, yeah. we're, we're working on that uh, immediately to figure out how to properly do that and, and still be enjoyable for you guys. So we'll be hopefully bringing those back soon. Husky copywriting. Yeah. Um, do you have like a, a particular struggle that, you know, comes up in your DJing or in your career, whether it's, you know, promotionally or a technical, you know, what's your, what's your biggest struggle as, as an artist? I would say my biggest struggle, and this is something I really work hard to try to work on is getting followers, mm. building my audience. Um, when I left DJing, uh, before my hiatus in 2010, everything was done in person. And now yeah. a lot of things have transitioned to being online. Um, initially, that was my biggest struggle. I didn't realize any of that happened. You know, we're still passing out paper flyers. Right. You know, and, you know, um, when it comes to promoting events, I still feel like you should pass out paper flyers, but a lot of people disagree with me. But finding followers, I would say, is my biggest struggle. And then, um, Maybe because we're in the Midwest, we're sort of isolated from a lot of like, you know, the New York crowd and the sure. crowd. So um, unless you're going out to a big festival, uh, networking can be pretty difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that for sure. Um, so conversely, then what, uh, what would your strength be? I have a lot of motivation. Uh, I mm. think that's my strength. So, you know, I don't, I don't take no for an answer. I'm not afraid to do things like... I'll run up and talk to whoever needs to talk to and, you know, not be nervous about it. That's interesting because I, I feel like I could give very similar answers to, to both of those questions, similar struggles and, and similar strength. It's um, I, I mentioned on a, 
a recent episode. I'm not, I'm not sure if it was the last one or not, but um, it, it's almost like um, an obsession. Like I, I can't stop trying to do it, whether I'm doing it well or efficiently or whether something's resonating. It's like this, this unending, like just keep grinding, just do it. I'm almost there. Uh, you know, may, maybe to a fault sometimes, but I think that's a, a helpful, um, if not stressful, trait to have. <laughs> yeah, so I've got, I have Trello boards, and I've got mm. Google Docs, and I've got all kinds of Slack channels going on. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, like, digitally, I'm, you know, keeping notes, taking track of everything, and do you have trouble like uh, juggling all those plates? Because that's that's something that, especially this time of year for me, I, I, is really on top of mind for me. Is how do how do I do all of these things and do them well? You know, I try to do passionate DJ. I try to do my other business. I try to do promotion, and uh, you know, be a, a good family guy and you know, stepdad and husband. And I, I just feel like all the time it's like, ooh, if I don't s- slow down, I'm going to do none of these well. Um, do you find right. that to be a struggle? Um. Yes and no. So I think the key is coming up with a schedule and being realistic about a schedule Mm. um, and sticking to it. So if you know um, that, you know, you have to do work stuff, that's probably going to be, I would imagine eight to five Eastern time, or since you're self-employed, it might be 24 hours a day, anytime. Um, You know, there could be somebody in Hawaii that needs an issue resolved or whatever, but just finding the time to be a realistic like if I can only work for an hour a day on music, then I'm going to schedule an hour a day to work on music. And that way I know every day at 8 to 9 PM I'm working on music. Yeah. Better than being like, Oh, I need to work on this song. And you know, I guess I can just work on it next week. And then, you know, next week comes around and you're like, well, you know, I need to go to this party and I'm not going to do it. So, you know, if you pick a schedule and stick to it, eventually you will accomplish what you need to get accomplished. It might just take a little a little longer, but words of wisdom from my friend, Tom Reed, ones that I need to take to heart myself. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for coming on the show for the quick intro. We look forward to having you uh, here after the holidays to do the proper full episode and bring some of the uh, fresh list crew and some of your friends with you and get to know you a little better. Um, what can we plug for the audience real quick? Um, so I have remixes coming out for bad boy, bill, ghetto blaster and two tails. Wow. December. Yeah, so those should already be released by the time this episode's out. So you can find those on um, either my SoundCloud or they'll be on, you know, Porter Track Source, wherever you buy music. Um, you can find me on Twitter, SoundCloud, Facebook, and Instagram. I go by DJ Tom Reed on all those channels. And like me, I need followers. <laughs> Sounds great, Tom. Thank you so much for stopping by, and we will catch up with you very soon. Thank you. Have a good Take day. Care. Bye, guys. All right, the last person I want to check up with is DJ Brains, and he's also semi-local. It took him about 40 minutes or so to drive here, and uh, Mo and I had met him for lunch, and uh, we've interacted and stuff behind the scenes, but we had, once again, never brought him in studio to talk to him, and he was close enough and was available, and so he actually drove here to the studio, and we did an episode, and we also did the conversation, which I'm going to share with you now. So here's DJ Brains. Okay, Leo, DJ Brains, you're back. Yay. You were just here on a couple episodes ago, and you're still here, and we're cheating and recording this segment so that we can share <laughs> it with our New Year's episode instead awesome. of doing it over Skype. So, you, you know, maybe we could get just a, you know, a little more info about, uh, 
you know, what you like to, uh, like how you found Passionate DJ and uh, kind of how you just got into this whole thing. Okay. So how I found Passionate DJ is I wanted to get serious about what I was, you know, a business. So, you know, I just, just Googled, you know, um, did a little Google search. Um, I listened to a lot of podcasts, so I looked for some DJ podcasts and I found the podcast that way. Um, I think that's how I found, you know, I really found the website. I think that's how I ended up finding it, but, um, that's pretty common. Yeah. And I, and I was looking for, you know, okay. Equipment and things like that. So I saw the article about the controllers. So mm. I looked through the controllers and passionate DJ.com yeah. slash controllers. Yeah. So yeah, I read that, you know, a couple times and, you know, looked at some other things. So yeah, that was pretty much how I got there. Okay, so Google search led you here, and then you found the podcast, and you stuck around, and now you're kind of in the, on the uh, inside circle here. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty great. So, you know, we talked a little bit uh, on your episode the other week about uh, mobile DJing, which is kind of your wheelhouse, and uh, talked a little bit about the struggles that come along with that. But I wonder just in general when it comes to however you want to approach it with DJing or with, you know, hardware, software, with music, um, what is your biggest struggle, do you think? I think my biggest struggle is just pushing myself to get out there and and, and find things to, to do. Mm, so like promoting yourself? And... Yeah, just, I don't know. You know, I can sit there and I can throw it together on my website or mess on Photoshop with my logo for hours, but then it's like I've got all these neat little things I've worked on. Now what? You know, looks cool, but it doesn't. If it makes you feel better, I I hear that quite a bit. Um, so through the passionate DJ community group on mm -hmm. Facebook, you know, when you sign up, it asks a series of three questions: How did you find passionate DJ? And and da da da. And we get similar responses when I ask what their struggle, mm -hmm. their biggest struggle is. Is a lot of it is promotion or finding gigs or getting myself out there or talking to people. There's a, there's a lot of that. I think a lot of. DJ types might be, especially bedroom ones, more introverted too, you know? Well, especially, I mean, you get into DJing because you like DJing, not because you like, you know, promoting yourself or you're not a marketing person necessarily or, you know, any of the other hats that it seems like we have to wear. Oh, yeah. I mean, normally days. if there's a room full of people, I'll be back in the corner, you know, off by myself, which is polar opposite of what you do. Right. And I know there's <laughs> friends of ours that know I'm like that. I'm like, yeah. How does he do that? But it's I don't know. There's it's not the same. I think if if Tony were here, he would he would relate to that because yeah. he's he's the same way. He gets on stage, he does his thing, and then he gets down and he likes to hide. You know what I mean? And I think a, a lot of people are like that. It's like here's stage time, and then now here's my time. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I totally get that, but that that can be a hindrance to to getting gigs and and pursuing yeah. those things. So okay, so. On the other side, then, what's what's your strength? What is Leo DJ Brains good at? I think I'm pretty adaptable. Mm. You know, I've run into a lot of different little things that happen, maybe over the course of gig, or uh, oh, we got to change this, or you know, definitely from switching up genres. That's not a that's not a problem. You know. So off the top of your head, can you think of a time that you've had to maybe pivot in that way that or adapt to? Uh, situation uh -oh. that was thrown at you besides yeah. the scam that we talked about the other week <laughs> well we had this one where they wanted to do the it was a wedding they wanted to do it outside the the ceremony was going to be outside it had been raining earlier in the day and they decided and then it stopped 
Yeah. I'm like, oh, so now the wedding's on. Okay. So I, I had run my speakers out the window and, you know, had them sitting out. And then it starts raining. So, like, at the last minute, they're like, oh, it's raining. We want to do it inside. Yeah. Uh-oh. I, had, I already had music <laughs> playing outside, you know. Oh, God. And they're like, we want to move inside. So I'm like, I pull everything back in the window, you know, oh, bring my, my speakers back in, put them up on the stands. And I can't imagine that was last minute, you the know, pressure of that. Cause yeah. then, then you're the DJ and you've stopped the music so that you can tear everything down or move it or whatever and restart the music. Like no pressure, right? Nah. You know <laughs> Hopefully what? this doesn't take longer am, than five minutes. Fortunately, I don't have the personality when that stuff happens. I'm just like, I just go into, you know, just go into mode, you know, mm. you got it. Got to do it. Move it. Get it. Let's go. I'm kind of the same way. Like when I, I tend to overthink things except for when something suddenly happens to me. And then it's just like I snap into this mode where like my emotions turn off. Like everything. I'm just in this weird zone where it's like things need to happen and then I'll process it when it's over. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? My wife comments on this sometimes, you know, and, and she kind of relies on that for me because for whatever reason, it's like my... I, we joke that's like uh, if you're a Star Trek fan, it's like Data's emotion chip, right? Like you just turn it yeah, off, yeah. handle the business, and then come out of it like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> knocking my water over. So that's cool. That's that's a great uh, strength to have as a DJ, especially as a mobile DJ, because there's so many random different scenarios like that that you could run into and problems. And and you can't freak out. You, you show can't. up and, oh, the, the power you know connection is halfway across the room. Nobody told me that. And, that's why I take a 100-foot power cable. There you go. <laughs> so preparedness <laughs> might be another strength of yours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you happen to have a, a a favorite episode of the podcast in the last year or ever? Yeah, I've, I've got a few. Um, okay. Hey. <laughs> I prepared. Marked, right? Yes, I marked them. Um, no, I didn't really mark them. I, let's see. You know, I like that one, Second Nature. That was an excellent like episode. One. Okay. Um I like the I like the ones where you get people like that and they really dig into you know what makes them tick and all that. So you like the like the psychological kind of yeah, uh, behind and the, the just the different things they do and so yeah cuz I started following him on like Facebook and okay. kind of like these posts and I kind of get what he does yeah. cuz I've done little things like that okay. and I totally get it. So but uh, yeah. But actually I think the biggest you know reading your crowd was always was okay. a big one. That was probably one of the first ones that was like, oh yeah, I knew what it was, but I didn't know. That one's probably reaching back a while, huh? Thirty-eight. Thirty. Wow, thirty-eight. Man. But now, now the the oldest one that I went back to, which has probably fundamentally affected me the most, was thirty-one, which was uh, Silent Gloves. Oh, Silent Gloves. Yeah, because I'll have to make sure Steve knows that you said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, um that whole genre of music with the synth wave and stuff. I've mentioned it before. I was like, that was one of those things that after I heard that episode, I went and checked his, uh, his power 85 mm. out. And, uh, you know, I favorited that and I started listening to that and I was like, you know what? This is something that, why didn't I discover it before? Cause it's like, this yeah. is totally my thing. So, you know, everybody talks about, Oh, I, I play EDM and house and all. I was like, if, if I was going to be playing it, I mean, man, I'd be full on Europe you yeah. know, retro wave in it, you know? So that I think since I listened to that episode has really changed my listening habits. As a matter of fact, I just got the Spotify's 2018 top 
plays. Yeah. It was like the first 50 songs were all synthwave songs. <laughs> like, so That's awesome. That episode and, and his what he does totally fundamentally changed my listening habits. You know what's super cool about that, too, is uh, th- that's a very classic radio DJ thing to happen is for him to have that kind of format and then I don't want to say he introduced a style of music to you. I don't know if that's true, but kind of introduced some music to you, some sounds and some artists maybe that you liked, and now you have that to enjoy and you follow it. And that's that's what radio DJs used to do. At yeah. least that was the art of the radio DJ. I think Silent Gloves would argue. So I yeah. think he would appreciate to hear that. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. make sure that he sees yeah. this. We've talked behind the scenes about getting him back on the show soon, so cool. I'll uh, we'll definitely let you know. But uh, well. That's awesome. Uh, do you want to go ahead and uh, plug your Facebook page or anything else before we uh, get back to the show? Yeah, uh, facebook.com slash DJ Brains. That's, I got everything listed there. You can find anything you need to know about me. Awesome, Leo. Well, thanks for stopping by, my friend. You're welcome. That Leo is a super nice guy, and he also mentioned that episode with DJ Second Nature, and that proved to be a really popular episode, so I definitely want to go and revisit that, especially because it was way back at the beginning of the year, and just kind of remind you what that episode was all about. So here is a clip featuring Brett Belcastro, also known as DJ Second Nature. So you mentioned throughout the course of this interview that you've had issues, you've had challenges with uh, depression and anxiety. I'm, I also have challenges with depression and anxiety, and I find that music and uh, changing my mindset and also uh, my fitness, my diet, those types of things have helped me become a better human. Yep. Um, how important yep. is music and all those other changes that you made to your life help you overcome some of those challenges? For some reason, I've gravitated to listening to Dead Mouse a ton for the past like two to three years, the same songs every day. And I'd go for a jog hmm. and I'd, music would get me into out of my head. And that's the only place that I could start to heal myself, you know, and music combined with physical activity, essentially dancing. Cause I was a huge dancer when I was in high school and in movement, just movement, music and movement. You got to do both or, well, even sound for meditation. Um, because I would start out just by listening to, for like a, to almost two years, I listened to almost no music and just Deepak Chopra. That's all I'd listen to. <laughs> Deepak Chopra meditations, reprogramming myself. Then I'd stop doing that and I would just listen to music. So I'd, or I'd go for jogs and, and or I'd start doing body weights in, in the playground by my house, listening to like uh, Rick Ross and, and Skrillex, Purple Lamborghini, like, doing pull-ups and get like pushing myself like that level of intensity. I need that level of high energy to really, yes, I need it, man, for sure. Like music is so important. So, so, so important. And I need to refresh it. Like I, I'll get stuck on the same song, same playlist and I love it and it'll keep me going, but then I'll lose momentum with it. And if I don't have it, I'll start to kind of lose my way. Like if I'm not, Mm -hmm listening or consuming new or creating it's like it's that again don't stop like <laughs> i've never really thought of that way until you asked me the question but it's really true like you just don't stop moving and when it comes to like getting out of your head and and the biggest cure for me for my depression and anxiety has been deep breathing 
and this this Wim Hof practice has really been the key. It just active, man. Get active. Change your state by changing your 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 momentum and your energy. Happy New Year from Fresh Local Producers. Thanks for supporting FLP and the Passionate DJ Podcast. Here's looking forward to a great 2019. Yo, this is Firecat451. You're listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. I've had a great time and I hope you had a great year. Just want to give shouts out to all the listeners and to all the guys at the Passionate DJ Podcast. We love you. Big up. See you in 2019. Hey, what's up, Passionate DJ fam? This is Cody from Crystal Grid. Jared and I just wanted to wish you all a happy holiday season and wish you the best of luck in accomplishing your goals in 2019. Much love from the Crystal Grid team. Hey, what's up? DJ Brian Savage in Fort Myers, Florida. Good friend of the Passionate DJ podcast. And I just want to say to all you young buck DJs, all you old school DJs, Everything you've been talking about doing in 2018, why don't you start doing in 2019? Stop talking about it and start being about it. And one of the only ways it's going to happen is if you start asking people if you can do it. So whether it's a gig, a job, anything else, someone to just learn from, a mentor, ask. It's the only way you're going to get it. So go out and do it in 2019 and good luck to all you DJs. Base. All right, we're coming close to the end here, but I do want to wrap up the show with a few more clips uh, from the previous year. Before we get on to that, I do want to read just a couple of reviews from our Facebook page. Ron says that the Passionate DJ is a group of positive DJs sharing their experience that they have and what they've learned to help mentor and share real-life experience and business ideas on the industry. It's very educational, and you can always find the gold nuggets that will help and lift up the up-and-coming DJs to the experienced DJs, to learn from the digital DJs, and all the never-ending change in new technology, social media, and other forms of how we all do business in the gear we use. Tom says, gear reviews, down-to-earth, conversational interviews, cool segments like 8-bit upbringing. I really enjoy the variety of topics and the information being shared. Our friend Kilma, who we heard from earlier, says if you are or would like to become a more passionate DJ and are open to a growth mindset, I highly suggest this space. I've been following the Passionate DJ since it was just a blog, and to have seen the progress with the podcast and now video content is inspiring and phenomenal. The whole fam jam is approachable, easygoing, and the growing community is wonderful as well. I totally agree with you there, Kilma. Thank you so much. And then Chuck says, a great resource about everything DJ, music, and promoting. I've learned so much, and the personalities and guests are amazing. Well, thank you so much for that, Chuck. But We think that you and the rest of the Passionate DJ community are the amazing ones, and we thank you so much for your support and your listenership. Now, one thing that I did post recently in the Facebook community group was, what cool gifts did you give or receive this year? Any cool DJ gear? Now, John says... I got the cool reloop tape to convert all my vinyl to MP3. That's pretty neat. Dominic got an Odyssey black label case for the DG, DDJRR. Thanks, Santa, he says. Devin bought Logic Pro X for Christmas. It will be nice to commit to one DAW. 
Drew got a few VSTs, a very nice sub sweep, an EQ, and a few others. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. And then Adrian, this is my favorite, Adrian says, I got this super sweet Deep House is for Lovers t-shirt from Passionate DJ. That's awesome. PassionateDJ.com slash Birch to get your own. And now a few final clips to wrap up 2018 in Passionate DJ. Yeah, we called it an unboxing. And I just kind of put it up on the, the screen behind us here for the YouTube audience. Yeah, and I was actually in the middle of a meeting while you were doing that. Yeah. So I, could, I, I couldn't turn the sound on. I didn't have a, any earphones or anything. So I was like kind of messaging in there. I was like, how are those? Fi- uh, uh, how are the filters? How are the filters? And someone's like, he's already used the filters, dude. I was like, I can't hear. I'm in a meeting. I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I actually fucked up when I, when I put my first post, dude. It said, um... Um, mobile dick jockey. <laughs> Someone's like, mobile dick jockey? I'm like, what? Uh, that's the back pages, yo. Delete, 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 delete. Fuck, you type that? I guess the C is close to the letter S on the keyboard. <laughs> you know, oh, so- wow. That's a big faux pas. Oh, right there. man. That was. Say, so do you have kind of a plan? for going from day jobs to not having those how starving artist are you willing to be you know what i mean uh, i mean i can't say that we have a super strategic plan like we're gonna keep grinding as hard as possible until anything after that i don't know if that's like a, a decided uh plan um so i'm older <laughs> Full stop. You know, I could take the little voice processor, which was brand new back then, where I could make myself sound really, really high or really, really low. You know, just have fun. And make Instant cool radio things. voice. Oh, man, just having so much fun. And uh, one night, the the friend of mine, I guess I can say, right? He got crabs. And I was his roommate, too, at this time. <laughs> Check this out. This is funny. So, yeah, I'm just telling you, look, man, it wasn't me. Hey, hey, it wasn't me. Okay, Shaggy. So... Check your cookies. Check your cookies. Control, delete. Check TCP IP settings. I'm just recording after real quick. (laughs) Okay, I hope you enjoyed those clips, and that is going to bring this episode and this entire year of recording the Passionate DJ podcast to a close. Now, we will be off for the month of January, just the podcast publishing schedule. We use that time to get a little bit caught up. But we'll still be posting to our YouTube channel, so make sure you check that out. Once again, youtube.com slash DJ. Also, Passionate DJ Community Group on Facebook. You can get to easily by going to passionatedj.com slash community. Don't forget about our bonus show called After Party, where you can get all of our bonus clips and information and tips and side conversations and all that great stuff. You can get to that by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash DJ. And uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of the stuff. And we will see you in the beginning of February. But for now, this has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Thank you so much and keep on spinning.